Alabama is on a bye week, but we are still here. Can Kentucky upset Tennessee in this upcoming game? The Pelicans won their game against Dallas without three of their best players. So the sky's the limit for them. And what happened to Jimbo? And is he on his way out? All of this and more on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. Let's go. Don't wait. This night's almost over. On it. Let's make this night last for what is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Sorman, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's 14. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, at Variety underscore Sport underscore. You're home for all different sports and different forms of variety. And joining me later is my co-host, Christy. You can find her at Christy Marie underscore double zero on TikTok and Instagram. It is the bye week, and, you know, we're still here. So just because Alabama's on a bye week doesn't mean that we're not going to be here. So you might be asking yourself, what do we do on a bye week? Basically, anything that any other team does. I mean, we will still watch football. In the South, even when your team is not playing, you're still going to watch football. You're still going to get excited about it. It's one of the best things about the South, for sure. Now, with Alabama's bye week, It comes at a good time because this is a team that's still trying to figure out so many questions. You know, they had the heartbreaking loss against Tennessee. They seem to get a little bit better with the win against Mississippi State. However, there's still so many questions. You need to run the ball more. You need more of your playmakers to step up. And, of course, you can't just keep having Bryce third all those times. I mean, Bryce is a terrific athlete. He's a terrific player. But he can't keep throwing the ball all that all that time. I mean, it's just really hard for him. So I think with this, they're going to take that time to just focus on the fundamentals and, you know, just enjoy themselves. Obviously, the running backs are having a running back camp in Birmingham. So that's going to be good. You know, it's good to see that they're giving back to the community. And it's hosted in Birmingham. Roydell Williams is from Hueytown. So I think that means that they really want to build this connection with their fan base and the community. And I love that. Now, really with this too, it's also great because this is a early birthday celebration for Nick Saban. Nick Saban's birthday is on Halloween. So usually they will have a big party. They'll do some celebrating there. So it's really cool that they get that opportunity to you know celebrate Nick Saban and enjoy time there with him. So they're just going to do some relaxing, and they're also, more importantly, going to get ready for that LSU game. Now, this is a game where LSU has the momentum. They just came and beat an undefeated Ole Miss team at home. This game is at home. Alabama typically will struggle in Death Valley, so I'm a little nervous about this, but I think Alabama, especially already having lost one, they're not ready to lose another one, and they don't want to lose another one. So while there is no Alabama football on this coming weekend, there's nothing to worry about because we will still have football throughout the SEC and it'll be a great weekend for sure. Now, there is some sadness. Obviously, last week, Christy and I were talking about how there are some injuries to the Alabama defensive line. We did just get word that there is an injury to Justin Aboigby who is one of the more experienced defensive linemen for Alabama. He is out with a neck injury. So look for Damon Payne, Byron Young, and some other young players to step up. Hopefully DJ Dale and Jaheim Otis are feeling better. But defensive line did take a hit. 
So they might be looking for some more players to step up. But I did want to put that out there. We are thinking of you for this, Justin Boyd B, and we hope you feel better and have a great recovery process. And of course, our biggest game in the small market South for this week is going to be Georgia Ford. I'm just kidding. It is not Georgia Florida. Look, if y'all have kept score of all the times I have selected Florida to pull off an upset, I'm 0-2. So I'm not picking Florida anymore. I'm sorry for all my friends who are alumni of Florida, but I tried and they just won't work. No, the game of this week is going to be Kentucky Tennessee. Now, this can be a really good game because, you know, you've got two powerhouses in the SEC East, and this could actually be something that means a lot for the SEC East. Can Kentucky pull off the upset? Well, there's a 50-50 shot. If the same Kentucky team that comes out and they were playing well, like they were in the beginning of the season, like they had against Florida, then yes. If they play the same way they did against Ole Miss, then no, the answer is no. You're not going to beat Tennessee if you come out and are sloppy. Alabama almost won in a very sloppy game. Also, another thing, those refs were the same refs that called that Ole Miss LSU game. I'm not saying that there's a connection there, but man, the those refs do not like Saban disciples, if it's the case. So I think with this, it could happen. Kentucky could come in with the upset. Also, Tennessee is now the new Oregon because they are displaying newer uniforms like Oregon does, and it just does not look good, and I don't understand why people want to keep changing their colors. I mean, they look like Halloween threw up on them with their more recent Tennessee uniforms. Now, we also don't know if Cedric Tillman is going to come back, so look for Jalen Hyatt and Brew McCoy to have a big game. And also look for Hendon Hooker to try and have a big game too. But this Kentucky team has been good when it comes to defense. So I wouldn't be surprised if this Kentucky team finds a way to play really good defense when it comes to Hendon Hooker. He hasn't struggled that much against the defense, but he did throw a pick against Alabama. So it could happen. We just truly do not know. Now, really with this, the next thing that I do want to address is all of these things I've seen online. Is Tennessee America's team? Absolutely not. I don't know where this idea came from. I don't know where people have been living under a rock. No, Tennessee is not the team of America. I feel like there could be so many other teams because, I mean, if Tennessee was America's team, people would be cheering for Tennessee for the past, oh, I don't know, 20 years. No, they have not. I mean, this is their first year where they're really good in a while. No one was cheering for them when Butch Jones was there. Really, the only person who has been Tennessee's biggest supporter has been Peyton Manning. Anyone else who's just coming out of the rock? No, you have no place to sit. Peyton Manning can talk about this because he you know, went there and he was a big reason for their success. But no, with this, I do have to disagree that Tennessee is not America's team. I don't think there's a college football team that can be considered the team for the United States, I mean, that's just how I think of it. But to answer that question, no, Tennessee is not the team of America. But I definitely think it's going to be a good game. I can definitely decide the East. And then Tennessee plays Georgia. So obviously, we have a few weeks where the East is at stake. Now, Georgia isn't going to be really a cakewalk right now. I mean, they still have their struggles too. 
But we still have some exciting games, and it's something to be excited about. This Tennessee team is fun to watch. Like I said, they are not America's team. I don't know where that came from. They are fun to watch. And I had mentioned in previous episodes that they would be fun to watch and that they could be a, I don't want to say a sweeper team, but they could be a team that makes us think. And they are doing that. But we'll be on the lookout for them because it could be a really fun next two games. Now, moving on to our next point, and this brings me so much joy to say New Orleans is good. No, I mean, like, they're really, really good. I mean, you look at the New... Well, let me rephrase that. The New Orleans Pelicans are really good. The Saints, I don't know what they're doing. I don't want to say I've given up, but the Pelicans look really good, and I am so excited. Now, you want to know how good the New Orleans Pelicans are? Well, they won when they played against the Mavericks. But they also won without their three top players. Well, let me rephrase that. They won without three of their starters. CJ McCollum is one of their top players. But this team won against Luka and Christian Wood and Spencer Dinwoody because he's relevant too. This is terrific. You know, this will be a time where in the past, if they didn't have Brandon Ingram, the whole team would panic. The fans would panic. Everyone would panic. Yes, there was some panic. They still look terrific out there. And this team is fun to watch. I know I saw somewhere where someone had said, in the second game, Herb Jones became the reason why, you know, he never gave up his starting spot. Could this happen with Dyson Daniels? Absolutely not. Oh my gosh. Who's trying to give Herb Jones backlash? We don't do that. We are a Herb Jones fan club. Now, something that I've seen a lot are these videos recently about why this New Orleans Falcons team is better, why they're different, why they're fun to watch. And obviously, you should go check those out. They're fun to watch. But they all say the same thing. It's their depth. It's their chemistry. It's that they have so many quality players. Here's your starting five for the New Orleans Falcons. You've got Jonas Alanchunas, probably one of the most underrated centers out there, who can shoot a really good three. CJ McCollum, who is your facilitator. Brandon Ingram, who is one of the best young players of the generation. Zion Williamson, who hasn't hurt, but still looks tremendous. And Herb Jones, who many people are already giving votes for Defensive Player of the Year. You know, they're drawing comparisons of him to Draymond, except I don't think Herb would probably punch someone in the face. That's your starting five. Here's your bench. Larry Nance Jr., who can play a small center, small ball center. You also have him where he can play any forward position. Jose Alvarado, who is a feisty, Chris Paul-esque point guard. He can steal, he can shoot, he can facilitate. He's a great change of pace from CJ. You've got Trey Murphy the third, who is a terrific three-point shooter and has worked throughout the summer to improve on that. Devontae Graham, who, when he gets hot, he gets hot and can be a terrific three-point shooter. And you've got Dyson Daniels, who is your first-round draft pick, who will only get better. And then, of course, you also have Billy Hernan Hernan Gomez, Najee Marshall, two really great defenders and basketball players. And then you've got a player's coach in Willie Green, who knows what he's doing. This team has depth and it has chemistry. 
in this game against the Dallas Mavericks, you were without three of your starters. And in this game, CJ McCollum had admitted that he did not play well, but he had 11 assists. Trey Murphy did not miss a single three-point attempt. And it was nothing where it just hit the rim. It went in all the way. Jonas Valanciunas had another terrific game. Dyson Daniels came off the bench, had a terrific game, 11 points. Najee Marshall doing a great job on defense. And then Devontae Graham hitting a few threes. And Jose Alvarado also was doing great. He was leading the team in points for a while. This team has depth. This team has chemistry. I've been saying it for the past few weeks. They're going to continue to do well. Now, I know people are going to say it's early in the season. We don't know what to expect. You're right. We don't know what to expect. But in this upcoming road trip, they don't have Brandon Ingram. They're going to sit Brandon Ingram out because he is still in the concussion protocol. That is okay. You have Warren Edge Jr. who can come off the bench. You have Trey Murphy coming off the bench. Herb Jones will hopefully be back. Zion will hopefully be back. Even if Zion and Herb are not cleared for Friday's game, you still have hope and potential because you have a terrific bench and a terrific young core who are happy to play for their fellow teammates and their brothers. And besides, one of the things that's so hard about playing in sports is that you're afraid you're going to lose out on other players. This team is happy to take a back seat, and that's why the New Orleans Pelicans are so much on the rise. And it's Friday, so you know what that means. It is time for Christie's Corner. Join her as she dives into some college football and NFL hot takes. Take it away, Christie. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Christie's Corner. We've got some teams in the SEC that are struggling to just stay afloat. There has been some stories that have come out this week about Texas A&M and Auburn with Brian Harson. So I'm going to start with old Jimbo Fisher first and at Texas A&M. This week, he had multiple freshman players suspended. Now, these are the same freshman players that Texas A&M spent millions to get. Can we just remember that? But apparently there was a post-game locker room incident after the South Carolina loss. And obviously these players are suspended, cannot play for the next game. Now, this is looking a lot like Jimbo's time at Florida State. If you can remember, he had players skipping class because they felt entitled, you know, big football players, no one's going to fail me because I need to succeed, go to the NFL. He had, again, more locker room incidents. And at Florida State, Jimbo was not invested in the team as a whole. He was invested in individual players. He wanted to coach the best of the best and was focused on just those few players, which did not help the team as a whole. This is starting to look a lot like what is happening here at A&M. And in mid-September, Jimbo had other players who were suspended for similar things. Texas A&M started this season ranked number six. They are unranked now. They have no chance of getting to the playoffs. Right now, they're just fighting for bowl game eligibility. And I'm not sure they're even going to make it there. 
This is just poor leadership. There's no question about it. There's no other excuse. And it's coming from Jimbo. Obviously, we weren't in the locker room. We don't know what went on. This is all we're being told. But if you're having freshmen thinking that it's okay to act like this, and no, they didn't get away with it. I mean, they got suspended. But that is setting the tone for the entire team and the rest of the season. So seeing them get to a bowl game, I do not think is very likely. There's even stories coming out about Texas A&M's mascot, the little dog, Reveille 10, being suspended because she peed in Jimbo's office. Now, it's satire, I'm sure. But that just sets the tone and tells you how chaotic things are right now in Texas A&M. Another school that is just struggling is Auburn. We know Brian Harson has not done well here. And many say he wasn't given a fair chance from the start. A lot of people didn't believe in him, but he's also not trying to prove them wrong. He has so many players that are already heading out, and the season's not even over. Their cornerback, A.D. Diamond, who was a third-star recruit, he's no longer on the team's roster. Now, he hasn't given an official word, and neither, neither has the team, but his name is not on the roster. He was part of the recruiting class of 2021, where Auburn got 18 players from that class. Nine have left already. Nine. That's half. Those aren't good stats. This also included five of the top 10 players from that class nationwide. The word is that Harson kind of gave his players an ultimatum. They're saying that they were told that if they wanted to redshirt for this season, so sit out, you know, get more experience, practice, that way they can play longer with the team, that they would have to either enter the transfer portal or quit, that there was no redshirt option. I'm not sure how Brian Harson thinks that's going to help his team because obviously they're going to transfer or quit. Players aren't going to handle that well. I don't know what is happening with those two teams. We're obviously not going to see them in the playoffs this year. I I don't think we thought we were at the beginning of the season, but they've sealed their own deal. So... I don't know if, I don't know. These coaches are just being paid too much, I think, for them to be let go right now. But I do think, I think for sure we'll see Brian Harson fired after the season. It's hard to tell about Jimbo. Something about Texas A&M. Those fans love him. I don't know why. I can't answer that. Obviously, I'm not an A&M fan, so maybe there's something I'm missing. But after this season, I would be calling for his job. So this weekend in college football, I don't think is too exciting. It's a little like last week, and that's not just because Alabama has a bye week. I know, I'm going to be bored. What am I supposed to do with my Saturday? I don't know. We do have some games that might be interesting, but only if they go certain ways. So we've got Florida versus Georgia, obviously Georgia. I do want to mention that they're awfully quiet. The whole team is quiet, but also the hype 
around Georgia. I'm I'm honestly surprised. I don't know that I agree with Ohio State being second if you look at their schedule. I think Tennessee, in my mind, should be number one. Well, speaking of Tennessee, we've got Kentucky versus Tennessee. Could be a good fight, could be a good good game, but I think Tennessee can play a full four quarters where I could see Kentucky getting tired. So I'm going Tennessee there. We've got Auburn, Arkansas. I mean, it's a toss-up. Does it really matter? I'm not sure it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think I'm going to go with Arkansas there, especially all the drama surrounding Auburn. Now, this next game is not an SEC game that I'm going to mention, but I do think it's one to watch. We've got number two, Ohio State, versus number 13, Penn State. I'm going to pick Ohio State here, but if there is a chance that Penn State pulls this off, it is going to shake up the rankings. Could it put Alabama back in the top four? Maybe. I don't know. We've got... Michigan, they're going to win this weekend. I don't know. That's the game I think I'm most interested in watching this weekend. And we've got Ole Miss, Texas A&M. Honestly, I'm hoping for an Ole Miss shutout. Glenn Kiffin, I'm rooting for you. Again, another team that has lots of controversy behind them. I don't think their head is where it needs to be to win that game. Uh, moving on to some NFL games this weekend. There's, I think NFL is going to have a more interesting weekend than college. We've got Dolphins versus Lions. I'm going to go Dolphins here. Tua came back. He looked great in his last game. I think he looked healthy. I think he looked mentally prepared. So I think he'll be just fine in this game. Panthers and Falcons. This is, I guess, what you could call a rivalry games. Two of our teams from the South. We know what's going on with the Panthers. Now, they did win last weekend, even after that trade. But I think I'm going to pull Falcons here. I think they have their identity a little more than the Panthers. Raiders versus Saints. This one can be close. Neither one of them have a great record right now. I'm actually going to pull for Saints on this one. We've got Titans versus Texans. I'm going to go Titans here. The Texans are 1-4 and four and one tie. Um, the Titans have a pretty good record. I, I think they can pull this one off, no issues. There's another game, not Southern teams, but I did want to mention it. We've got Patriots versus Jets. This is tough. It's not a tough pick. Obviously, I think the Jets are going to win. Uh, they have a better record. But the Patriots are starting Mac Jones for this game. And as much of a fan as I am of Mac, I do have to say I'm surprised. He came back last week from his injury. They gave him a shot. He didn't do well. They put in Zappi. He had two great drives. They still lost. So I think Bill Belichick is still putting his trust in Mac. I mean, he had a great season last year as a rookie. And I don't think he's giving up on him. But this is going to be a true test for Mac, And I think it's going to answer Bill Belichick's question of who starts the rest of the season. So some interesting games to watch. Nothing too exciting, in my opinion, for college. But 
It could be. So I'm excited to talk more about what happens on Tuesday. Bye. As always, thank you so much for that wonderful insight, Chrissy. I definitely think that we have some, you know, interesting storylines for sure in regards to Texas A&M and Auburn. I also would like to take credit for that article. I did send that to her. It was too funny to not share. Obviously, it's not true. I, I don't think it is, but it, it's a way to kind of explain what's going on with Texas A&M. And obviously, the insight from Florida State, too. I mean, I completely forgot about that. But really, with this, it isn't surprising that Jimbo is finding ways to just focus on one or two players. That just seems to be his mantra. But with this, you know, let's go ahead and pick some games, too. Like Chrissy said, it's not a very exciting week of matchups. And we're not saying that because Alabama's not playing. But, I mean, this is the time of the year where the buys are coming and they don't stop coming, as said by Smash Mouth. But anyway, looking at this, I have Tennessee beating Kentucky. Kentucky, I don't know if they can just stay with four quarters. I could see them keeping it close. But I don't really have any plans with Kentucky. With Georgia-Florida, I'm obviously going with Georgia. I think in this case, obviously, you know, I had mentioned how I have picked Florida before and nothing really happened there. But I think with this, I look at this and notice that, you know, it's a little different this year. I mean, Florida has struggled, and it's a year where they're kind of trying to figure some things out. So I wouldn't be surprised if Florida struggled in this game, too. We've got Ole Miss, Texas A&M. I'm going with Ole Miss. You know, Lane had a loss last week. I think he's going to try and find a way to overcome that and look for him to find his footing in this game. Arkansas-Auburn. Auburn's had a very tough year. So I'm looking for Arkansas to get back on track with this. Missouri-South Carolina. Looking for South Carolina. They have the momentum after that win against Texas A&M, the first time they had ever beaten Texas A&M. So I like my odds there. Obviously, now we will go to our NFL and our small market teams. Once again, try saying that, I've done fast. Panthers-Falcons. Panthers somehow squeezed out a win last week. I don't think they can do it again. I'm going with the Falcons. The Falcons actually might have a shot of bringing this into first place. Saints Raiders, wow, I'm honored that you wanted to give the Saints a win, Christy. I'm hoping they can give a win. Andy Dalton's starting. We don't know the status of Michael Thomas. We don't know the status of Jarvis Landry. But apparently, Alvin Kamara gave a really important speech a few days ago to his team. Hopefully that tracks. Hopefully that provides some help there. Titans-Texans, I'm going with the Titans. I mean, the Titans are not really showing anymore. They found their calling. Ryan Tannehill looks good again. Derrick Henry looks good. I think with this, it's really going to be the Titans game to lose. And Christy mentioned the Patriots game against the Jets. Obviously, I am a huge Mac Jones fan. I have a class with him. He is a wonderful guy. I don't know how the Patriots are handling this. But I definitely think that Mac Jones needs to play better. I know he's hurt, but it's looking like they don't have faith in him. But the only person who does have faith in him besides himself is Damian Harris. So the two of them need to band together. And I think this will be a great wake-up call. Hopefully, you know, they pull out the upset against the hot 
New York Jets, something I never thought I would say because the Jets have never really been good in my lifetime. And kind of just going from there, I think I could see them, you know, potentially having a good season. But Mac Jones needs to get it together for sure because they struggled against the Chicago Bears. Bailey Zabby came in. He led them to two touchdown drives, but then he fell apart. So obviously this team needs some answers. And, of course, we've got our NBA focus in regards to how our small market teams are going to do. So, Friday, we have the Pelicans playing the Suns. With this game, I really think that the Pelicans actually have a shot. However, we don't know the status of CJ, or we don't really know the status of Brandon Ingram or Herb Jones. So, it could be up in the air. But... I think with this team, they will find a way to come out with a win. I'm going with the Pelicans over the Suns. Hawks, Pistons, I'm going with the Hawks. I just feel like the Pistons are still trying to figure things out. It's going to be hard to stop DeJounte and Trey Young. Hornets magic. The Hornets are going to come out on top. I feel like the Charlotte Hornets are really the only thing that's giving the city of Charlotte life. Once again, city of Charlotte. I've mentioned you way too many times in this podcast. Please give me some free tickets. That would be terrific. And obviously, the Memphis Grizzlies are playing Thursday at the time of this recording against the Sacramento Kings. I'm going with the Memphis Grizzlies. I feel like the Memphis Grizzlies are one of the most complete teams in the Western Conference. So I definitely think that they have the best shot at coming out with a win. And really with that, I mean, I'm excited for this slate of NBA games. Obviously, while the NFL is a little quieter and same with college football, this is our time where we can see some momentum shift to that time in regards to NBA basketball. Sorry, I'm thinking of the NFL. But that's going to do on this Friday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. Thank you so much for all the excitement. We could not have done this without y'all. We finally hit 1,900 streams. I am so grateful for all the love and support and really all the excitement. I mean, this now is a great time in the year for sports. You know, we've got the NFL. We've got college football. We've got basketball coming. And our Southern teams in basketball are looking great. It's looking like our teams in the South for football. They're getting it together. So there's so much to be excited about. As always, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, at Jake Podcast, or my personal Instagram, Jake 14 You can find Christy on Instagram and TikTok, at Christy Marie underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports, at Variety underscore sports underscore. Go ahead and check them out, too. We've always have something new and exciting going on with Variety Sports, whether it's a focus on NASCAR. Obviously, hockey is back. We're going to have some focus on the MLB. Shout out to the World Series, except I don't know how the Astros ended up in it again. And as always, you can find this on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon. We're basically on all podcast platforms. And I'm so excited. Christy and I will be back on Tuesday, breaking down some of the news and events from the past weekend in regards to the NFL, college football, the SEC, and of course, NBA basketball. So once again, if you have a chance, please check out the NBA. It's a really fun league, and especially with our Southern teams doing extremely well. 
And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share this with your friends. We couldn't have done this without y'all. I mean, I'm so grateful for all the growth we've been able to accomplish in such a short period of time. I'm so thankful for everything. But as always, continue to be great. Continue to make people happy. Bring smiles. Be the best version of you you can be. Be a light in this world. The world is a really scary place, and we don't really know what's going on. So we need people like you who can be a light. And as always, we will see and hear from y'all later. Take care. Find someone who loves you like you will. Like you gotta keep.